cliffcentral.com. Uh, let's get into the economy, shall we? Let's talk a little bit about the things that affect all of our pockets for a moment, because that is a big concern. And Anthea started off by saying to me that, <laughs> Anthea, it hasn't just been the most insane week of your life. You said you've had good weeks and tough weeks and volatile weeks because asset managers work really hard at being pragmatic and level-headed. But you'll hardly ever hear Anthea saying it was a really emotional week. But that's the only way you can describe it, right? Good morning, Gareth. Yes, it, it was bizarrely emotional. Um, we had a call with Grant Patterson, the CEO of Edcom, mm. um, and he was talking about what's happening with the company, and he actually burst into tears. Yeah, Edcom. And, and, and I think... So sad. And I think everyone's beginning to feel, you, you know, it's not just like Edgar's. Most of us grew up with Edgar's. We know Edgar's kind of very quintessentially South African shopping experience. And I do think that this is the end of it, I'm afraid. So turnover of month is down 45%. And we already know that March and April are historically times for constrained liquidity for Edcon. You know, they just don't have cash during these two months. Um, and as Grant said, the timing of the coronavirus could not have been worse for them. So they have just about enough money to pay salaries this month, nothing else, I'm afraid. So if you're a supplier to Edcon, and this is, I think, where he broke down, he said, like, there's nothing else I can do about it. This is it. Yeah, I, I feel very bad for him, but it, Ed, Edcon will be the first of many, I, I suspect, to go through the same situation. You know, a lot of businesses, just like a lot of people in South Africa, really do live hand to mouth because they don't have an enormous amount of money in the bank and they're hoping for sales to fill up the bank and then they can pay for all their, their different suppliers and all their different um, clients and, and, and their staff, frankly. So it's a very sad and, and realistic and jarring thing for us to have to deal with so early into this crisis. And I mean, I understand why he was crying because he feels responsible. Indeed. And, and not many companies are reporting um, like year-end results or anything, but Mr. Price, and a couple of them are putting out statements, one of them, Mr. Price, um, and they're saying that annual salary increases for head office associates have been delayed until further notice. The executive management board of directors are all taking pay cuts. They're not taking fees for the board members. Um, so I, I think people are banding together to do as much as they can, you, you know, but it's just basically a, a month of no revenue. As you say, for some companies that are living hand to mouth, it's very difficult. Well, so, so in the market... Mm? No, no, well, it's, it's not just that, because the other thing that we've been waiting for, like someone who's on the chopping block, and it hasn't come, and it hasn't come, and they've said to you, no, you can go back to your prison cell, come, come back out and, and, and kneel down next to this chopping block again next week, was Moody's, and the inevitable downgrade to junk status, right, which happened for people who weren't paying uh, attention to the news. Well, even if you were paying attention, you might have been asleep at the time Moody's released. I think it was after 11 on Friday night, I mean, typical South African midnight shuffle, right? Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> what are they thinking? So, yeah, that's it. Moody's downgraded us. We're now officially junk status. Our entire Work WhatsApp group are betting on how bad the rand is going to go today. I mean, currently, or where I last saw this morning, traded at seventeen ninety five to the US dollar, to the euro nineteen eighty nine, and to the pound twenty two twenty two. And yeah, so that's it. I, I mean, what else can I say? That we're junk status. Moody's really are focusing on the fact that we've got low economic growth. Our 
debt to GDP ratio is growing exponentially. In fact, they pointed out that by if we carry on this trajectory, by 2023, our debt to GDP ratio will be at 91%. Uh, and I'm fairly certain that means going to the IMF for a bailout. A couple of weeks, well, not last week and the week before, we already saw bonds trading like I've never seen them trade before, so volatile. But the interesting thing about this is that you can now buy South African bonds like over 10%, and I think it'll blow out further today. Um, and there'll be a huge knee-jerk reaction. Things will be horrible today. It'll be blood in the streets. It, it really will be. Um, but I, I, I think give it some time and we'll recover eventually. And, and so I guess the question everyone is asking, like, is this the bottom? Yeah, that's it. That's the question I want to know the answer to. Um, it's so hard to say. I don't think that we are going to see a V-shaped recovery. You know, we fell down and then sharply bounced back. I, last week, by the way, we were up 13%. That's not bad. That's a great kind of start again. But to, to what happened on Friday night, I think that'll impact the market negatively. And I think other countries where they're not implementing things like lockdown and yeah. Flattening the curve, as we all say now. <laughs> Such a typical reason. We're all using that flattening the curve. Yeah. Non scientific <laughs> people telling me to. The reason we're doing this is to flatten the curve. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so I think countries that haven't managed to respond quickly or critically enough are still going to have a hard time. And so the bad news that is going to come out of there is probably going to see us take another couple of legs down in the stock market even. Um, I think, honestly, I think the market is very cheap at the moment. But again, I'm not sure what the catalyst is um, for this bounce or where we go, how long we kind of trundle along the bottom. Um, That's going to be the question. And the reserve banks, including ours, by the way, are doing everything they can to stabilize markets um, but it, it's just not enough, you know. Well, also, we've discussed this a number of times. The Reserve Bank doesn't have some magic switchboard in front of them where they can click up and click down a bunch of different switches and turn the economy around overnight. They have one lever, and that is interest rates, and they've already pulled that lever, and they can't really pull it too much more because otherwise we're going to end up in a situation where – Actually, it has no. Re- it, it, it bears no relation to where the money is, and 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 it no longer has anything to do with inflation, right? Well, here's a little surprise for you. Last week, for the first time in my memory, South African Reserve Bank implemented quantitative easing. So they didn't call it that in so many words, but basically that's what it is. They're not printing money, but they're effectively buying bonds to stabilize the market, which is interesting. And the question, of course, is. How does, how does this impact our debt um, and where we're going from here? So basically, the Reserve Bank is acting, um, yeah, it's acting as a support for the market and saying, I know that some of you need to sell your bonds, and today we're going to see a lot of that. I think a lot of foreigners are going to go, oh, well, you've been downgraded. I now have to sell South African bonds. Who's going to be buying them? As a South African investor, I certainly am not sure I want to be buying just yet. I want to buy when it's cheaper. Yeah. And the Reserve Bank have come in and said, well, okay, we'll be buying some of those bonds. And instead of the bonds just plummeting, they're basically going to support the bottom. Oh, yeah. um, 
which is what all the central banks did in 2009. Ours, we didn't have to. South Africa in 2009 was very resilient. Mm. Um, but we'll see where this goes. You know, they haven't said anything about how much money they're going to put into the system, how long they're going to do it for. In fact, they've been kind of quite cagey about it. But at least they're trying to do what they can. All right, so the most emotional week you've had on the stock market ever. Yeah. By far. Uh, so, and I was there watching, I, I was working in London in 2008, working at Morgan Stanley, and next to Morgan Stanley Building was the Lehman's Building. And I, I just the, such a vivid image of the Lehman's employees carrying their boxes out of the buildings in their droves. And that was quite kind of heart-wrenching about this last week, because I just, and, I, and maybe, maybe the lockdown had something to do with it, but it, I, I really, after watching Edcon and Mr. Price put out their statements, I, I just, I can see how badly this coronavirus is going to impact the South African economy. I, I really think it's going to be dreadful for us now. Well, people are also curious, what are your lockdown conditions? Uh, who are you with? Uh, are, you, are you amply supplied with loo paper? You know, the important questions, Anthea. <laughs> so I set up my uh, stationary bicycle trainer yesterday. I'm on my own. Yes. <laughs> of course. I've got my TheraBands out. Good. I'm looking to um, build a little something that keeps me stationary while I'm in the pool <laughs> so that I can just swim and go nowhere. <laughs> okay. So you're, you're pretty much continuing your training as a triathlete. Oh, I have to, yes. I, otherwise, oh, otherwise I'll go mad. That, that'll be my, that was the one thing that I really struggled with. Oh, and I'm becoming hashtag domestic goddess. <laughs> All right. Well done to you. <laughs> a storm <laughs> and eating it. That's the problem. Yeah, that which is, is why the I problem. have to train. Well, I suppose, you know, it's focusing on the little things right now. We, we've got to just, with this market, we've just got to ride out the storm, and it might be a long storm, but uh, people like you and others that know more than I do are saying just hang in there because it, it could get a little bit worse, but ultimately, you know, we're not extinguishing value on a permanent basis. We're, we're just we're riding out a, a massive, massive change and a huge disruption to everybody's lives. And once that's over, we'll be able to pick up the pieces. But we don't even know when over will be. Exactly. I mean, if you look at the 2008-2009 figures, you know, we bottomed in 2008 on the 31st of March. Um, and then we were kind of, no, I lie. We bottomed in on the 28th of Feb, 2009. And then by the 31st of December, 2010, we were back to where we started in May, 2008. And that's how long 2008 took. Um this is going to take a bit longer. <laughs> I suspect it might. You, you know, it's, it's just because so, – so if you had been invested in the stock market in 2008, 2009, and if you just hung in there, you would have been fine because there were no companies that went bust and they kind of bounced back. But I think this time we are actually going to see a few listed companies – uh, fall out of the exchange. So you probably don't, you, you want to be picking companies that are very strong balance sheets. And if you don't know which those are, then you probably want to be in a fund that manages those for you. But, you know, a lot of people will say, so should I be buying Sassel? Should I be buying um, the Foschini group? Because kind of they're quite resilient and a strong balance sheet. But you just don't know. And the property stocks, those are interesting because the listed um, real estate assets or REITs, as we call them, they are yielding fantastically at 40%, but that's only if they pay out dividends. 
Yeah, and, and they may not. Yeah, but also, there's no rush. Like, don't don't be in a hurry. The the we, trust me, we've we've still got some way to go before we realize where the hell we're at. Um, and there's no need to rush now and buy a bunch of shares because you think they're going to be super cheap. Rather, buy them as you start seeing the curve ticking up. I mean, you might lose a couple of rands and cents here and there. But there's no need to hurry. Indeed, there's no need to hurry. But people will see last week's 13% bounce and go, oh, that's the turnaround. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, you don't know when the turnaround is. So kind of just slowly start trickling money into the market, I would say. Okay, yeah. Let's play it. Just let's play it carefully. There's no need to lose your life savings. Government will do that for you when they bail out ESCOM. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah. Okay, everybody, thank you very much, Anthea. It's good to talk to you, and I'm glad that you're riding out the lockdown with your stationary bike, and you've got those, those bands, and you're swimming in the pool, and you're keeping fit. Good. We all, we all need to do that. Thank you. Stay healthy. All right, there we go. Anthea Gardner and The Money Shot. Cliffcentral.com.